Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. It's Christmas Eve at the North Pole, and Santa is going over his lists one last time before the big day. Suddenly, a chill fills the already cold room, and Santa stands up to see what's going on. A voice could be heard from a shadow. You killed me. Santa turns a lantern to see the ghost of Kylo Ren stand before him. The area behind Santa goes very warm, but the fireplace is in front of him. Swiveling around, Santa sees the ghost of Ghost Rider standing ever so close. You killed me too. Howls the specter's voice with a sound very much like the wind. What are you doing here? Santa asks. I thought I was done with you both. Kylo Ren and Ghost Rider stand together side by side and just whisper one word. Heralds. A loud event could be heard outside, so Santa throws on his coat to investigate. It is then that the ominous, monstrous figure of the Planet Eater Galactus can be seen above the skyline. Galactus, Santa stammers, what is it you want? Galactus rears back his head with a deafening laugh and just says, To bring joy to the Rainiacs out there to close out season three of Who Would Win? It's Saint Nick versus the Devourer of Worlds. It's the Undefeated versus the Unparalleled. It's Santa Claus versus Galactus. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comic, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Tecanis. In today's episode, we are bringing you another holiday extravaganza. In one corner, you have Santa Claus, the bringer of hope and presence to the kids of the world versus... Galactus, someone who uh, does the opposite as he eats planets. As usual, I did the patented Who Would Win Google test just to see how many times this match has been discussed, and I really thought this matchup would have been discussed millions of times before, but according to Google, which is still on the internet, by the way, Santa Claus versus Galactus has never been discussed before, which means, yet again, Who Would Win brings you an original premiere, geek culture battle, the likes that have never been seen before. Ray, I gotta know, what are your thoughts on today's matchup? Google seems like such an impressive thing for all of these battles, but I'll be honest, I've been on the internet. I don't even know how to find it. How do you possibly find Google? Google it, Ray. I'll have to do that. I'll have to do that. My point is, is that Santa Claus, obviously, on the Who Would Win show is undefeated. 2-0 to ramp out two seasons of this show. James, you have repped Santa Claus, I would say, very, very well. I'll just say 
very, very well because he's an impenetrable force that I just can't seem to get through. So when it came time to do the Santa Claus battle with all the marbles on the line for season three, I went to the board and I said, you give me any character I want. And they said, Ray, we're scared of you. We will do that. So Galactus is here. He's on Santa Claus's back porch and the world may never be the same again. You know, it's funny. I kind of got a different story from the uh, Who Would Win production team. They said they, they they did say that you went and saw them. Then you started crying. You went into the fetal position on the floor, cried, smashed your fist on the floor, the whole thing, and said, "Unless I get Galactus, I'm not leaving the room." Oddly enough, Galactus is here to stay. You know what? I'm ready for this. Why not? To yes. be fair, James, uh, demands come in many forms. They do, they do. Listen, Ray, I, I know we talk about the show and we're, we're putting together these insane matchups and, you know, part of the intro of the show is we ignore anything important happening in the world. Unfortunately, there are some things from the real world that kind of creep in that the show Uh-oh. takes notice of. Look, you, yeah, you've had a great year. I've had a great year. The Who Would Win show is on fire. Things are going really, really well. Sponsors, advertisers, the Legion of Audience is growing like crazy. And here's the thing, the whole team, you and I talked about this as well, you know, we're affected by stuff that happens in the real world. And I'm talking about the uh, tornadoes that hit Kentucky not so long ago and just wrecked houses, buildings, lives, people were hurt and worse. And so this year, yeah, it's really sad. And here's the deal. So the Hoodwin team got together. They came to us and said, what do you guys think about this idea? We were like, yes, we need to do this right now. So we made a donation on behalf of the Hoodwin team to uh, a Western Kentucky Relief Fund. We're not going to say which one. What we are going to say is we want to encourage our legion of audience. Listen, instead of buying a uh, Ray is Right t-shirt or a hashtag IMF t-shirt or what have you, maybe take that money and put that towards, I don't know, a donation of your choice to help out our friends and family in Kentucky. It's the right thing to do. Listen, If you can, only if you can, feel free to do that because a little bit will go a long way. That's my public service announcement for the day, by the way. Hope you enjoyed it. Now, back to the show. Ray, speaking of amazing things, because we just did something amazing with the Hood Win team, it's time to introduce our absolutely amazing judge making their second appearance on the Hood Win show. It's the voice of Horizon, Apex Legends, Darth Savick in Star Wars The Old Republic, Tedra Grand in Halo 4, Valeria Jenner in Counter-Strike Global Offensive. It's, of course, L. Newlands. L. welcome back to Who Would Win. <gasps> me? <laughs> <laughs> you really like yes. me. <laughs> I, I don't know what happened when you were on the show last time, but everyone went crazy for you. Like, we we've, people love our judges no matter what, but people really identified with you. You really resonated with the fan base. Why do you think that is? Because I'm Scottish, therefore superior. <laughs> I mean, I heard a rumor once that if it's not Scottish, it's crap. Uh, I believe the, the great uh, a linguist Mike yes. Myers said that on TV once. If it's not Scottish, it's crap. That would be correct. <laughs> and also, I think... That's true. I think I brought my uh, combination of uh, psycho psychoanalysis and uh, spiritual, uh, uh, all the crystals that I have all around me, and I just, I don't know. I think I just brought something uh, ethereal, <laughs> and I don't even know. I don't know. Maybe it's the accent. Probably the accent. <laughs> I don't think it's in this I like that. It's these... It's like the psychoanalysis. No, it's the crystals. No, it's my superior intellect. No, it's just the accent. That's all it is. Uh, listen, it's the horizon so you, effect. You do a lot of, it's the right. Well, speaking of which, you do so many great things. You lend your voice talents to everything, and everything turns out greater because you're part of it. Tell the Legion of Audience, our fan base, what you've been up to lately. Retracted, 
redacted NDA. No, I'm kidding. Um, I mean, I, I, I do work on Apex Legends. Uh, it's like a TV show yeah. at this point because we work like consistently throughout the year, which is incredible. Thank you very much, Respawn, for giving me that beautiful gift. And uh, yeah, we were just discussing that I, I have a commercial campaign or I did have a commercial campaign like earlier this year for a mattress <laughs> company. <laughs> I am the voice I mean, of a bed. That tracks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did it you... in a, a. I did it in a very British. They wanted like a, you know, like a posh British accent. So it's for a purple mattress where I talk like this. Very, you know. I, th- I was thinking like Elizabeth Hurley. Okay. Who was the other voice they gave me? They gave me like a voice. I I can't remember who it was. It was like a a a, a British actress. Um, like if it wasn't Helen Mirren, I don't know what's no, what. No, it was like a, it was like an old school. Oh, a, a, like the Emma Peel type. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> like that. So I don't know. I just all I know is I'm hawking mattresses now. It's like an actor's <laughs> life is very weird. <laughs> I, I still gotta tell you, any of those, if I ever go near a mattress and it has any of those voices you're describing, it's scaring the hell out of me. Not, yeah. you know, hey, but that's, you know, whatever you got to do to sell mattresses, I'm cool with it. Listen, uh, well, I will say uh, yeah. real quick, I'd like to say that one time for President's Day, I was in the market for a mattress because that's when you go buy them. So I went by my local mattress store and as I'm trying them out, sitting on them, you know, doing the thing, one of them started talking to me in a British accent and I had to get up out of there. Uh, not because I was scared of the voice, it's because they told me that I... I wasn't allowed to uh, uh, be drinking at a mattress store. My point is, <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. L, here's the deal. There's a lot on the line for this show. On top of the fact it's Santa Claus's life literally in your hands against Galactus, we're tied for this season. Ray has so many wins. I've got so many wins. We're going to this tide. Ray and I go absolutely crazy when we lose a, a matchup. You know, we need to, we each want to win this horrifically, horrifically. Why are you the right judge for such an epic episode to decide the fate of the winner of this season? Because I can be very impartial. Because I'm Scottish. It just always goes back to being Scottish, I think. <laughs> all right. So with all that being said, it's about that time. Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing the spirit of Christmas, the jolly old elf who might be undefeated on the Who Would Win show, but also couldn't find the time to get Ray a USS flag on Christmas Day go. under the tree when he was very young, breaking his heart. So perhaps staying undefeated Santa Claus but representing Marvel Comics the cosmic entity who believes that it's a small world so he'll take two more to go Galactus I knew that would come up I knew that you know I think we I think we wanted to get that for you as a surprise present for Christmas the Hood Win team we all had a meeting to get together we, and say what would Ray we, really love we don't have that kind of money James <laughs> <laughs> we actually do we just don't tell you. oh Wait, I didn't get a, I didn't get that. my stipend yet. I, I thought I was supposed to get my. I also didn't get my room full of white roses that I asked for. That's fair. Um, that's fair. That that kind of depends on how this match goes, L. <laughs> I do have some Burger King uh, gift certificates though, so we have you know we take care of our guests is what I'm saying. Yeah, there's there, there's a book of McDonald's French fried gift certificates, supersized from uh, the mid '70s, uh, with your name on it, L. Don't you worry, we got you. All right, collectors. Now, collectors. Before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a who would win match. 
Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the who would win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Right, there are a ton of different versions of Galactus, Galacti, if you will. What version will we be using today? I know I will not be using that smoke monster from that weird live action <laughs> Fantastic Four movie. I'm going classic. I'm going with comic book Marvel Comics 616 Galactus because he's the jam. I love it. You know what? There's Santa Claus in everything you can think of. So the version I'll be using is uh, Santa Claus. I know you I'll will. I that. know your tricks by yes. now. <laughs> you think you do. But you don't. Rule number There's four, debaters may, <laughs> debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five, the winner of the debate is whomever the judge decides is the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal. And finally, rule number six, the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. Feel free to check out all of our official rules on our website, whowouldwinshow.com. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Hoodwin store. Get your official Hoodwin t-shirts, mugs, and merchandise by going to whowouldwinshow.com and clicking on the merch section. Now featuring our new t-shirt, a picture of Ray Sicanus looking super jacked with a picture of me looking like really small for some reason. How'd that happen, Ray? Well, it is called the terrible t-shirt for a reason. It was That's a fair. failed design that we decided to go with anyway. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's so bad. It's great. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, and now let's get to the tail of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details on Galactus. Galactus is a demigod who consumes the life force of living planets in order to survive. He was created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and first appeared in Fantastic Four number 48 back in 1966. 
Galactus was originally an explorer named Galen, who was part of the previous universe before the Big Bang. Galen merged himself with the sentience of the universe at the end of his time, and at the beginning of our universe began existence as Galactus. Galactus wields the power cosmic and rebuffs the concept of a villain, in that he's not evil, but instead just has a hunger that exists on a level of the gods. Galactus also has the service of heralds, such as the Silver Surfer, who brings his attention to new living worlds for him to consume. In short, Galactus is a complete force of nature who sees snuffing out all life on a planet as the rest of us would knocking over an anthill. Fun fact, Galactus has been a destroyer of worlds for decades now, but did you know that one time he was Elvis? In What If comic number 34, Thanos uses the Infinity Gauntlet to turn Galactus into a human. But not just any human, a human that looks like and has all the talents of one, Elvis Aaron Presley. Galactus in this form goes on to become a wildly successful Elvis impersonator, and at the end of the story, Adam Warlock gives Galactus the opportunity to revert back which he declines and continues life as Elvis. Because if you can be Elvis, it's probably better than not being Elvis. Anyway, that is Galactus. Fantastic. All right, here are the details for Santa Claus. According to some news sources, Santa Claus was possibly based on a real person born around the year 270. St. Nicholas, as he was referred to, was the Bishop of Mira, a town in what is now Turkey. He earned a reputation as an anonymous gift giver by paying the dowries of impoverished girls and handing out treats and coins to children. Since his death, Nicholas has been canonized as the patron saint of children. Since that time, Santa Claus has become the larger-than-life legend where, on Christmas Eve, he rides his magical sleigh, pulled by even more magical reindeer as he technically breaks the law by breaking and entering into billions of people's homes in order to bring <laughs> toys to good kids everywhere. People around the world love Santa Claus and the wonderful joy he brings to the world every Christmas. And race to Canis, here we are again with you fighting against him. Have you no shame? What you kind know the of monster to that are now, you James. debating? I do know. I do know you are a monster. I was about to ask you what kind you are, but you are definitely a monster. You have no shame and you are just a horrible person. All that you. put together is true. Yeah, you're welcome. And here's an interesting fact about Santa Claus. Did you know that he receives letters from millions of kids every year and that there's one country that sends out way more letters than others? It's true. Out of all the countries that send letters to good old St. Nick, it's none other than France that sends the most with over 1.7 million to be exact. Second was Canada with 1.3 million letters. And third was the U.S. with more than 1 million letters. So what did kids do before there was a United States post office to send letters to Santa? Why, the only logical thing, of course, before the United States Postal Office was established in 1775, children would feverishly write letters to Santa and then burn them in the hopes that the ashes would rise and somehow reach him. Because that makes sense. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Elle, do you have any questions before we get started? May I may I ask you a question about Santa? Sure. I just I'm just wondering, does he have uh, like an administration system for his letters? Well, I mean, to be fair, if Santa Claus can read ash in the air back in the 1700s, I've got to believe he's got enough power inside of him to read millions of letters without a bureaucracy. Are you answering for uh, James? <laughs> thank you, Elle. <laughs> I tried to. Thank you, Elle. Can, can you say that in a very angry Scottish accent? Are you answering for James, you wee numpty? <laughs> I believe I've just won the match. Thank you, Elle. Uh, and the answer, 
The answer to your question is um, yes. Okay. Because that's important, <laughs> I think. It is important. Yes. You want to be organized. You want to be yeah. organized. I mean, I want to think, yeah, but... think that if, if he's the patron saint of children, that he's actually like responding. So let's, make, let's be honest about that. Yeah, it's important. He has a, a Google Docs and a, a spreadsheet, and he's he's very he's very well organized. All right, it's it's Ray. crazy because Santa Claus left a bike for my four year old here in our garage about a month ago, or at least that's what we told her when she saw the bike in the garage <laughs> roughly a month ago. Such Look, a monster. mistakes mistakes were made. <laughs> Such a monster. I did. You sent me the same size bike, by the way. Thank you, Ray. I don't know what I'm supposed to do <laughs> with it. I know you got a very large one. four-year-old, James. <laughs> That's fair. All right. So, so am I. All right, Ray. Let's get this battle started. Go ahead and hit us with your point number one. Point number one for Galactus. Let's just talk about who he's beaten and what his whole deal is. Because... He walks around with something called the power cosmic, and that means that he is a literal force of nature. He is considered on the same power level as the entity of death, okay? He's going around on a spiritual, uh, one might even say psychoanalysis level. I don't know. I'm just trying to suck up to the judge at this point. (laughs) People that Galactus has beaten. Thank you. (laughs) People that Galactus has beaten all by himself. These groups include, oh, I don't know, the Avengers, That's right, Thor, Tony Stark, the whole crew, Iron Man, uh, the Wasp got in on it for whatever, you know, she tried. Everybody's attacking Galactus when he first came down and he's starting to, you know, try to take everybody out. And they couldn't touch him. They couldn't dent him. They're hitting him with the hardest things that they got and he's just shaking it off like it doesn't even matter because if you are Galactus, it really doesn't even matter because you're on a power level far, far exceeding anyone in the mortal world around you. Other groups that he's defeated include, of course, the Fantastic Four. You know, he took a punch from The Thing. Like, great, The Thing. I'm glad you thought you had a chance. You might have beaten Cloverfield Monster on the Who Would Win show thing, but you had no chance when dealing with Galactus in the pages of Marvel Comics. So he just absolutely trashed the Fantastic Four all at once. He matched up against a character named Phoenix, who's known as a super, super powerful uh, mutant character of the X-Men. But the only reason why it was even kind of fair is because he was starving at the time. His hunger level is directly related to his power level. So we assume that he's going to be feeling at least okay walking into this battle with Santa. But if he was absolutely on his starving deathbed... He's still a force to be reckoned with that can battle the Phoenix, who's super powerful. Silver Surfer he defeated with just a thought. He used telekinesis and just tied him up by thinking about it. At one point, it was theorized in one of the different comic books that Galactus is actually doing the universe a favor because there's these uber-powerful characters called the Celestials. And as it goes, if too many of these characters are birthed into this world, then the entire world has to be destroyed because it's too much and then restarted from scratch. So it's been theorized that him eating these planets is actually eating uh, the eggs of the celestials in order to keep the universe's natural balance in check. He's a force of nature. He's not evil. He just does these things. He looks different to all the different races of all the different universal creatures because he's so imperceptible, because he's so ridiculously over-the-top powerful that people have to imagine what he looks like. So you know him as this purple guy who's pretty big, wearing this weird-looking hat, but that's only because the human brain can perceive him like that because he's completely imperceptible otherwise because he's just so much. He can also grow to the size of a star. 
a star being, you know, bigger than the earth. So he can grow to any size he wants to. And we are talking about jolly old St. Nick here. And the last thing I'll leave you with is his, his, his measurables. So, you, you know, in Marvel worlds, you have, you know, super strength, street level strength, super powered strength, ultimate strength. He has what's known as supreme strength, supreme speed, and supreme durability. Basically meaning he can push whatever he wants, tank whatever he wants, and move as fast as he wants at any given time. You'll see very, very quickly why Santa Claus is unfortunately no match for the world destroyer. I'm sorry, Santa. I love you, but today's the day you go down, and that's my point number one. So interesting. Yeah, Galactus is definitely a force of nature within the Marvel Universe, and uh, he's got a lot of impressive wins. Now, you said he's got wins over the Avengers and the, the Fantastic Four. I wonder, does he have losses to the Avengers and the Fantastic Four as well? There was one storyline I can remember very specifically when he was starving to the point of near death, so his power level was very, very low. They occupied him, and Doctor Strange, of all people, came in and did some mystical stuff to try to put him down. He did, of course, walk away safely from that event as well. Hmm. Gotcha. So there are a few other storylines where the Avengers, you know, which, by the way, are no pushovers or slouches, and the Fantastic Four, you know, both teams on their own, never mind combined, have taken out Galactus and brought him to the brink of death, where one time uh, uh, Reed Richards from the Fantastic Four felt bad for him and said, you know, I think the universe might need you. I'll spare you, but you can never come near the Earth again, kind of owning Galactus in a big way. Look, he's got some impressive wins. He's also got some impressive losses. The thing, by the way, was the final blow. He got slingshot by Reed Richards into his uh, Galactus's chest and kind of took him out. That was the last piece of energy he had took him out and brought him to the brink of death. So they do have wins over him. Galactus does have wins over them as well. I think that's kind of a push, but that's all good. All right. He's a force of nature, not disagreeing. He has supreme strength or ability. He's got James Gabsy like physicals. All good. I can understand that. Let me get to Can't my point it. number one here. Right. Now, here's the deal. You got to look at Santa. And of course, you got to see jolly old Saint Nick. But you got to ask yourself, how powerful is Santa Claus for real? Look, we know how he is immensely powerful. But there are some cool facts some clues that give off just how powerful he really is. He's much more powerful than anyone ever really realizes. Let me kind of tell you what I found out. It's going to kind of blow your mind. So just based off the general knowledge everyone has of Santa, we can determine some crazy stuff. Let's talk about speed. I mentioned this in previous episodes. I got to say it again. He's able to deliver presents to billions of kids around the world in a period of one night where Santa needs to cover Check this out. Over 122 million miles in about 10 hours on Christmas, which means his average speed is in an uncovered sled, mind you, would be well above 12 million miles per hour. That's within Earth's atmosphere. That's important. Travel in space at light speed, that's crazy. Do that almost on you know, the atmosphere of Earth. Bad things happen, but they don't. More on that later. Now, sure, Santa's riding his sled at that speed, but he's, again, he's not in a cockpit. He's uncovered. What kind of durability do you have to have when you're traveling at that fast? That is insane durability. On top of all of that, let's see. Let's talk about his speed. So he's got flash-level super speed himself when he's out of his sled. Look, he's got to enter and reach 500, 500 million homes and then when he gets to them, he's got to leave the presents, eat the milk, eat the cookies, and then leave. So for each and every home in the world, he would have, check this out, 0.000072 seconds to do all of that without destroying the house in the process. Can the Flash move that fast with that kind of precision? I highly doubt it. Does that mean Santa could theoretically do Race to Kane's favorite combat maneuver of all time? The infinite mass punch. Oh, that's where someone moves like from zero to infinity speed and your mass increases to infinity and you hit harder than super. 
Superman ever could on his best day. Santa is actually capable of doing that. That's crazy. Merry Christmas, Ray. Also, Santa has super strength, as evidenced by the fact he can he has to lift and carry huge amounts of presents from his sled and down chimneys. He's moving around with what some theorize to be billions of pounds of presents with him at all times. And he's using this super speed, super strength, super durability for hours upon hours. Machines, his stamina and his endurance is also insanely superhuman. He's also got super stealth as he commits, again, breaking and entering billions of times in one night with a mass, vast majority of the people not even understanding or having any clue that he was in their house. And none of this takes into consideration that Santa Claus is effectively immortal and evidently invincible. Can Santa even be hurt? Because I've never seen it. It's kind of crazy. But you know what's even more mind-blowing? This is the thing I was alluding to before. is that Santa Claus should be destroying the Earth by moving it over 5 million miles per hour in Earth's atmosphere and then stopping so suddenly, then moving at 5 million miles you know, per hour again, then accelerating again. At least according to physics, the world should be blown apart many times. So somehow, somehow Santa is so powerful that the rate of speed he moves, his mass in terms of his presence, his sled and himself, and the resulting complete environmental and cataclysmic disasters that should be happening according to physics, they just don't. See, there's a lot more to Santa and his powers than we realize. He should be destroying the earth with the rate of speed he's moving, with acceleration, with a mass, everything is going on. But the earth is perfectly fine. The weather alone should totally throw him off. Of course, it's not. There's a lot more at play here. This is a big mystery, which I'm going to cover more in all my further points. With all that being said, that was my point number one. That's, I mean, listen, James, I know how to fight Santa Claus at this point. And of course, I have some things to say. One, you're doing the infinite mass punch in point number one. You must have some new tricks up your sleeve. I am blown away, not by the fact you used it, because that is par for the course, but by the fact you used it in point number one. Now, in the Weird Al Yankovic uh, documentary song, The Night Santa Went Crazy, it was established that Santa Claus went nuts and that he, he tried to kill people with a bunch of weapons and in fact did so and he was brought down by the SWAT team who put a bullet in his head unfortunately bringing him down before his murderous streak could continue and I consider the Night Santa Went Crazy song by Weird Al Yankovic to be canon to the Santa Claus mythos so a bullet has stopped him before and you talk about the speed James we've talked about this before we all know Santa has many many helpers and many other Santas we've seen them in malls all across America and I have established in previous seasons that Santa doesn't actually have to move that fast because he has an array of Santas all helping him at the same time therefore cutting his workload many hands make light work James and they do on Christmas as well Fun fact, a weird mall Santa broke into my house years and years ago when I was living in Canada. I can tell you he wasn't moving that fast, nor was he undetectable. That guy was easy to stop. That was not Santa, my good friend. Oh, absolutely not. Secondly, a Weird Al Yankovic song, as great as that is, because they are fantastic, by the way. That's a parody of a parody of a parody. Not really canon to Santa Claus. All right, L. You've heard points, number one, from both Ray and myself. Where is your head at with this battle so far? I, well, I have a question I would like to uh, ask Ray to expound upon. Uh, yes. You just threw out that a bullet has indeed stopped Santa before. Can we please right. have a little bit, can you give me a bit more uh, background on that? So in the documentary that was put down on record by Weird Al Yankovic, The Night Santa Went Crazy, it goes, The Night Santa Went Crazy, The Night Saint Nick Went Insane. Realized he'd been getting a raw deal, something finally must have snapped in his brain. 
So uh, 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 there it is. Uh, right. Okay. Yes, Virginia. Now, I mean, to be fair, the original lyrics did have him going to jail. We all know the alternate lyrics. Uh, yes, Virginia. Now Santa Claus is dead. Uh, some guy from the SWAT team put a hole in his head. That is unfortunately uh, perhaps an alternate ending, but still very canon in my mind. Okay. I mean, can, and yet Santa still lives. Interesting. May, may I make a point right now? Like where Please my head's do. at? Of course. I, I, of course. I'm 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 a little loath to include. Uh, uh, parodies and um, because then we can also go in that he's an adulterer and and I found him kissing my mom and so it's like mm. you know we have to be careful of uh, also that we're you know of character assassination and I'm being serious it's like I don't know how you know I don't know that how canon this is to be fair, if you do remember the the other documentary series, I saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus, it dur- did turn out that it was Daddy in Disguise, one of the many helpers of Santa on that night, thus also proving my point. Okay. Al, <laughs> uh, I'd like to apologize on behalf of the show for Race to Canis. Uh, you know, he doesn't have a lot of options in life. He's here now, and we're happy for him. And uh, hopefully his no, meds I, kick I in. Mean, it's, Go ahead. It's, it's logic. I mean, it's logic in your argument. Um, I just have to be very careful as the judge, you know, and my omnipotent role right now. I have to be careful that I'm not being I have to really make sure that this is on the record. Absolutely. You should not be swayed by like anyone's kind of, you know, tactics or what have you. You go, Al. That's exactly right. I I don't like what you're going for there, James. I'd rather just get into my point number two. (laughs) Feel free. Let's hear your point number two, Ray. Point number two for Galactus. Let's just talk about the power cosmic and what it means, because it's one thing to just throw around the term, the power cosmic. But remember, the Silver Surfer is the Silver Surfer who is a very, very high power level because Galactus gave him just a fraction, a tiny little fraction of his own power cosmic because Galactus can actually imbue others with powers and abilities. That's the huge high level demigod threat that he is. But what does the power cosmic mean in real terms? One, it means he really doesn't dodge. He has supreme speed, but chooses not to use it because he has to save his energy because he has to eat a whole other planet if he ends up blowing out all of his energy. So you want to make that last a little bit. It's like you don't eat a Snickers bar right before you go out into a football game. You really need like a big meal before you do that because a Snickers bar, while satisfying, will not keep up your energy level for the entirety of a game. Now, that also means he doesn't dodge, as I said before, because he doesn't need to. He's so powerful, he can just tank pretty much an attack from anything or anyone on any planet, and it doesn't really affect him. It would be the world's most powerful ant. It's just not going to hurt you. It's just not going to punch you and send you flying across a room is all I'm saying. So he's also tanked hits from, let's talk about it, with no damage. He's tanked hits from The Thing, from Doctor Strange, Mjolnir, the big hammer from Thor, didn't phase him. Storm, the Omega-level mutant, very, very high power level, did nothing. Odin, Thor's dad hit him, not a big deal. And the Human Torch, who can go, what, supernova and, like, you know, many nuclear bombs worth of heat, didn't affect him at all. Some of the other powers that he has, he has energy absorption, which means that one time he was fighting Ultron. We think of Ultron, we saw him earlier on this season on this show, super high level Marvel evil character robot. He just looked at, he just looked at him and drained all his energy and basically uh, took down his battery and he just fell down. Like he just looks at Ultron and he drained all of his energy from him. What's stopping him from draining Santa's magical energy and bringing it inside? He could also project energy to the point where he used an energy 
energy blast to one-shot a character named Thanos, who, if you're familiar with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, snapped half the universe away. He one-shotted him to the... He didn't kill Thanos with it, but he humbled and defeated him because Thanos was at that point hat in hand saying, please don't do that again. I could not survive a second one of your blasts. Oh, great Galactus. That's Thanos talking like that. Now, matter manipulation... He once made the electrons that a- exist inside Human Torch contract, which suddenly caused him to smoke and fall out of the sky because suddenly his Human Torch powers just didn't work anymore. Using telekinesis, he pulled Doctor Doom, another super powerful character, out of his giant spaceship, not even through a door. He just pulled him into space and then chucked him away because he realized he was going to be a problem. Do that to Santa. Chuck him away. Throw him to the other side of the universe. He has cosmic teleportation. He once took the entire Avengers group and just put him wherever he wanted to. Again, he could do that to Santa. Telepathy. He's strong mentally. Using mental, psionic, kind of in-your-brain mind war attacks, he defeated uh, Professor Xavier and Thanos as well relatively easily. And the last thing to talk about, cosmic awareness. Thanos is, you can't get up on him. He knows everything that's happening in basically the entire universe at any given time. He's cosmically aware. So you talk about Santa's stealth. I just don't think that's going to be enough against a destroyer of worlds who has the awareness of the cosmos. And that's my point number two. Mm. All right. So listen, you're bringing up some really good points. Uh, I love how you... Uh, interpret what Thanos would say to Galactus. Can you repeat that one more time? Like Thanos is like, oh no, Galactus got me. What, what were your exact words? I believe you have to rewind the tape on that one, James. I've told That's you before, fair. you don't get a second take for free. <laughs> have, you, have you had a lot of takers paying you for a second take? <laughs> no, but I figure eventually it's got to happen. It's got to happen. You know, I hear there's a place called Fiverr for like five bucks. Anyway, um, okay, here's the deal. So has Thanos ever defeated Galactus? Has Thanos ever, he had the Infinity Gauntlet in that one crazy comedy what if story where he turned him into Elvis. I guess you could say he defeated him when he had the entire Infinity Gauntlet, but to quote James Gavsey, Thanos never walks around with the Infinity Gauntlet. To use it in a battle would be crazy. Interesting. Let me ask you my next question. The answer is he has with the Infinity Gauntlet, but let me ask you a question. Without the Infinity Gauntlet, has Thanos ever beat Galactus? Obviously, that's never happened. It has happened uh, a few times, actually. It's quite interesting, only because Thanos really understands Galactus' tactics, and uh, Thanos, as powerful as he is, is nowhere near as powerful as Galactus. Well, okay. when, you, when, you, when you say defeat him, you're, he convinced him to go eat a different world and got him to walk away and not eat the planet Thanos was standing on. He didn't beat him up. He smashed two planets between Galactus when Galactus was somehow focused on something else, left him shattered and beaten up the whole thing and he's just standing there gloating with his hands behind his back it was Man. actually really really cool james that's like hitting you know, me with it... two salad bars from sizzler at the same time that sounds like heaven as if you would ever be found near a salad in your life race to canis let's just face the fact <laughs> well, macaroni okay, salad that's true that's true it was jello salad by the way it's excellent my All right, let me get to my point <laughs> let me get to my point number two i'm gonna make a statement right now and it's true santa is one of the most powerful beings ever to exist Yes, I said it. Let me explain. So in Marvel Comics, for example, on a Christmas Eve not too long ago, Professor X, you know, Professor Xavier, leader of the X-Men, used this machine called Cerebro, and it's a mutant detecting computer that the X-Men have, and he used it to detect what he called the most powerful mutant ever registered. And he's registered quite a few Omega-level, ultimate-powered mutants. So he did this in New York Rockefeller Center, and who was he referring to? Why, it was Santa Claus. 
Interesting. So in the same storyline, Santa was also detected by this evil group of beings called the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. They sought him out, which then resulted in a huge battle with the X-Men, yada, yada, yada. So the battle ended when Santa transformed the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants into small little action figures, then teleported the X-Men away, erased both groups' memories of the fight and of Santa's involvement at all, and then controlled the weather by gifting New York City with snowfall, which was the first time evidently that Christmas, you know, it was a white Christmas in New York for quite some time. Let's break this down, shall we? So Professor X has registered many powerful mutants before. There's the Omega level, like highest power ranking. You've got uh, Magneto. You've got Storm, Ray's favorite uh, Omega level very mutant. Powerful. Iceman, of yeah. course. Very, yeah, very powerful. Nope, not and an yet, Omega level mutant. Yeah, I, I believe that's exactly what he is. And yet Santa Claus was still more powerful than all of them by a huge margin, according to Professor X. Why? What powers does Santa have that makes him so powerful? First of all, he's omniscient. I think in French it's omniscient. That's where I first heard it. And that means he knows everything about everything and has infinite awareness. That's the thing that Santa has. This explains how he knows which kids are naughty, which are nice. Amongst the billions of kids on Earth, he knows that automatically. This is also how, you know, the moment this fight begins, Santa's going to know everything he has to know about Galactus in order to win. He does get that kind of knowledge, that download, that matrixy kind of instant thing immediately. Santa also has telekinesis. He can use it to levitate himself up and down chimneys, as well as open doors of apartments to take himself wherever he needs to go. He's actually even been seen flying in an upright standing position through the sky using telekinesis. He's got this in spades. He's good to go with that. He can also wipe people's minds, make them forget him or anything else that he wants altogether. He's that strong of a telepath. He's got that kind of magical tele, you know, telepathic power. We established that already. He also has, this is really cool, a super calming effect on people that makes them want to lessen their anger or to stop fighting altogether. This has been seen in comic books a lot. I believe this is an official power he has, according to the Marvel Universe. It sounds ridiculous, but Santa actually has a superpower of making someone feel bad for something they are doing or that they have done and want to then make amends and stop fighting. It's been done before. And for whatever reason, he can warp reality to a crazy degree, which you've seen him do in Marvel and DC Comics for Santa. And let me say how I know that. It's because it's Santa's bag. So I've mentioned this before in previous episodes with Santa. His bag is a tesseract. It's like Doctor Who's TARDIS. It's much bigger on the inside and the outside. He actually created his bag to be a pocket dimension, a pocket reality, where that's where all his presents go. And that's something he just created because, hey, why not? That's how powerful Santa is. He can create his own dimensions and put them into a bag. That is sick. And here's the big fun part. You know, Galactus, more on this later, he's fallen prey to people who can warp reality. I'm going to go into this more in my point number three. All this sounds crazy, right? Well, let me take this to a whole other level. See, how powerful is Santa? A lot more powerful than even I realized. Why? Because he's not just doing all these crazy things on Earth. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. It's been confirmed, ladies and gentlemen, that he delivers presents on Christmas Eve on many, as in many other planets, at the same time to the same degree, which means somehow he's doing all this powerful stuff while existing in many different places at once. That means, wait for it, he's mastered the use of quantum physics. That's how powerful Santa is. He's He can do what's called superposition, meaning he can exist in many different places at the same time at the same power level. But you know, by the way, we don't know how many planets he's delivering to, right? It could be 100, 1,000, billions. Let's just say it's 1,000. That means Santa is doing everything he's doing times 1,000. That's what we're dealing with. That's moving at over 5 million miles per hour a billion times at the same time. We're talking crazy, incalculable power that Santa has. I'm actually starting to feel bad for Galactus. All that together is my point number two. 
Oh, stop it, James. Now that we've all seen the documentary Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. We all know that Santa Claus has been to Mars and other planets, but I would refrain again. Those are his helpers on other planets and that are helping him do his magic day. Santa Claus, we've never seen him fly through space in order to get across the galaxy. Now you're just tack talking crazy. Sometimes Occam's razor has to come into the Santa Claus argument. What seems to be a lot more likely is most likely the obvious solution. And a couple other things I want to talk about. Well, one other thing. You said Santa Claus could calm people and lessen their anger. Galactus is not angry. He's not an angry character. He has he is neither good nor evil and has truly not very much in the way of emotions. He is a force of nature. That's like saying you can, you know, make the wind stop being angry at you, you know, or, or, or make the Burger King drive-through be open at 3 a.m. near my house. Things that I wish I could do, but have not been able to do because it's just not realistic. Galactus is just still on a whole other level than Santa Claus, and I got even more to say about that. Two things real quick. We saw Santa Claus uh, delivering coal to Darkseid on Apocalypse, which is really cool. That's also kind of, you know, very uh, brave of him to do as well. And secondly, uh, I'd argue that Galactus is the best example of being hangry that we've ever seen in all of fiction. That could be true. That could be true. Just putting that out there. All right. L, you've heard two points from me. You've heard two points from me. Now we're at the turning point. This is where you tell us who you think is ahead and what the other side has to do to pull out a victory. Okay, so... I have to be honest. I mean, everybody wants to pull for Santa, right? We do. But I will say that there's a couple of points that Ray has made that are a little hard to argue. First of all, the fact that Galactus is a demigod, you know, who consumes the life force of other planets to survive. That is, you talked about quantum physics in terms of just... I don't know. I, I don't even know how to explain what that what that brought up for me. But that is a power. That's like super powerful. I also feel that, you know, he has the same power level as death and he's a power cosmic. These are all really quite and they're established. The, the problem I'm having with Santa, to be honest, is I'm not 100 percent. There is a lot of lore and there's a lot of things that potentially aren't canon they might be more mm. mythical or legend. They're falling into the mythical legend. And that's where I struggle because my brain really wants to go with fact, which is what my job is, right? As the judge, my job is to to stick to the facts. And yep. and currently I'm I'm well, you're making some incredible points. You know, sure I'm I'm loving his super stealth. He's immortal and invisible, his you know, his infinite mass punch. I just, I'm, I'm having a hard time. I mean, I, I understand like the telekinesis, the super intelligence, the calming power. I do love that his bag is a pocket dimension and that he has mastered quantum physics and he does indeed live on different timelines, which might be why he isn't as established because he's more of a, he's a legend as opposed to a character. I don't know. Am I getting too technical here? I think no, you're getting I, the right amount of technical. I think what you're, I, 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 what the vibe you're throwing down. If I, and tell me if I'm wrong here, is that now you need to see some actual like facts on paper that have been yeah. established about Santa Claus, not theory. Yeah, I think there's a lot of lore, and obviously, I'm. I mean, it's this was a hard one for me, and as I said at the beginning, if I was on a jury, you might want to kick me off because I want to. Everybody wants a pull for Santa, but that's right. I'm, no one I'm, wants I'm, Ray to win. Correct. I'm. <laughs> 
Anyway, so that's like, that's where I would say I, my, my brain is, I'm vacillating right now between what I know of Santa, which is a projection, because I have my own relationship to Santa. I actually don't have a relationship to Galactus. So there's a little bit of um, projection and probably a little bit of, uh, you know, familiarity here. Interesting. Okay, I like this. This is where this is why people love you as a judge, by the way, because now you're saying, great, theory is one thing, but theory unproven doesn't really do much. You need some actual facts that show why Santa Claus can beat Galactus if they even exist. Yes. This show needs Al as a judge every single week. I would <laughs> never lose a battle. <laughs> Uh, you know what? This is this is we do need this level of judge. This is who sets the bar. Okay, I'm up for this challenge. I had a funny feeling it was going this way. Don't ask me how. Ray, go ahead and hit us with your point number three. Point number three to bring it home. I just called this point big stuff because I've been hiding and holding back on the actual ridiculous things that Galactus has done. If you can even believe it now. If Galactus enters a black hole, we all know what a black hole is, a thing that Neil deGrasse Tyson once taught me on a TV show, it will tear you into microscopic ribbons all very, very slowly and be the worst thing that could happen to you. But if Galactus enters a black hole, the black hole ends up getting destroyed. That's the level of power that he's exuding at any given time. At one point, uh, he got blown to pieces and he reconstructed himself magically. Why? Because they theorized his will to survive was so strong that there was no way to ultimately destroy him because he is a force of nature and he must go on. It's been said he strikes with the fire of 1,000 suns. I consider the sun fairly powerful. 1,000 of them in a row, put it on Galactus's fist and hit you with it. I'll just say a lot of us are not going to come back from that. And he also creates life, which was an interesting thing. I didn't really know a lot about the character before I researched him. He created a character called Tyrant who was essentially meant to be like his kid. Also, I believe turned him into a herald at one point, but he created Tyrant to be his, his equal, to be able to somebody that he could actually fight with on an even keel basis. He had a fight with him and it actually, he won the fight, Galactus did, but it destroyed all the galaxies around them because of the crazy amount of power. So when Galactus really gets hauling in a battle, planets, galaxies are eradicated in his wake. Galactus once one shot at a celestial. Celestials are the most uber powerful beings. As I said earlier in the episode, if there's too many celestial celestials out there, the entire universe will have to be destroyed and started over because it's too much. And he one shot defeated one of those celestials. There's a character named Sphinx. And this character named Sphinx, again, very, very powerful, very, very uh, extraordinary character and couldn't die. So what did Galactus do? He put him in a time loop because Sphinx wanted to die. Sphinx said, I've lived a long enough life, 5,000 years. I've done it all. I've seen it all. I want this to end. And he tried to end his own life very sadly. Well, Galactus said, I'm not going to let you do that. It's my enemy. I'm going to force you into a time loop where you have to relive step by step all 5,000 of your years. And then when it ends at this moment, you got to go back to the start and do it again till the end of time. He could just put Santa in a time loop 
all the way back, even maybe longer than 5,000 years. And for Santa, if you can do that to a Sphinx character, you can do that to Santa Claus. And the big one, the ultimate nullifier. James, you brought it up a couple episodes ago, so it was fresh in my mind. The ultimate nullifier is an object that was once used to threaten Galactus and make him walk away. This is how the Fantastic Four defeated him in one of the James Gavsey mentions earlier. It was a MacGuffin, except that Galactus has it. He, you can use it to erase someone from existence. No one will ever remember that they existed. He could use the ultimate nullifier to destroy a solar system in less than a second. And you could ask yourself, is this something that he can just walk around with all the time? That doesn't seem normal. Yes, he can always recall the ultimate nullifier anytime he wants to because it is a part of him. That's exactly how he describes it. So on top of the ridiculous things that Galactus can do, he has an item that could just flat out erase Santa from existence. I don't want it to happen. I hope we never get to that point. But unfortunately, if we do, Galactus has an answer. And that, sadly, is my point number three. Good stuff. Okay, so I am familiar with the ultimate nullifier. Quick question. Has that ever been stolen or taken from Galactus? Well, originally, you know, obviously Reed Richards had it in the first place and he threatened him with it. But then, of course, he got it back. So even if it's stolen, he can recall it anytime he wants to. It is a part of him. Very important. So the ultimate nullifier is now no longer uh, a constant for Galactus. He did have it for quite some time. It was stolen. It was taken. The only thing I I hate to say this, but if he could get it back so quickly, why didn't he? Well, because, you know, he likes a challenge out there. We, we do talk about That's these fair. characters having the items that they most commonly would have. And you yourself just said he most commonly would have that item. He used to up until I don't know how many years ago. OK, now here's the other thing. Does Galactus have any weaknesses? Uh, none that I know of. Interesting. Interesting. I wonder if I can find maybe a couple. OK, listen, it's just there's a pity not much- you can't. It is. It, it's. It, there's not much that you said is wrong. The only thing I would say is, you know, that black hole, which is, by the way, very impressive. When Galactus went in the black hole, the black hole got destroyed. So did Galactus. But, I mean, that's not really a thing to say. Look how weak you are when you went into a black hole. You you got destroyed and destroyed it as well. That's actually super impressive. These are all good and things. They're all factual. Anyway. That's true. He came back because he's awesome. Listen, I love Galactus. I really do. He's a great character. I uh, can't wait for him to make an appearance in the Marvel, uh, Marvel Universe. But it's going to be crazy. It's going to be amazing. But with that being said, he does have some weaknesses and some big losses. Let me go into that for my point number three. So his first big weakness is his hunger. So Galactus, if I'm not mistaken, needs to feed frequently. I think the more he exerts himself, the weaker he gets and the hungrier he gets and the hungrier he gets, the weaker he gets. See how this works. Typically, Galactus can last about, I think it's a month between feeding on planets. And if he doesn't expend any energy, um, he can last 30 days. But if he does, that month gets shortened fairly quickly, uh, very shortened. In a fight with someone like Santa Claus, he's going to be expending a lot of energy super fast and weakening really, really faster. Now, of course, there's levels, and he's going to be still very powerful as he weakens down, but he's not going to be at his ultimate level for a long period of time. Uh, he's going to get hungry very, very fast. And since Santa is omniscient, like, again, he automatically knows how Galactus works, Santa's going to start taking this fight to Galactus. Santa is highly tactical. He uses a lot of strategy. Remember, this is a person who has to navigate five, 500 million homes you know, in a period of 10 hours without destroying the world as he does it, delivering presents that kids want. This person knows strategy inside and out. Now, here's another little weakness. This is actually kind of cool. Galactus can be talked out of fighting. 
and he's actually will listen to reason. This is a fact. So if someone can convince Galactus that he's better off not fighting, he's listened to them before and actually said, fine, I give up. I won't fight because you're right. So Superman did it in a Marvel and DC crossover. It was a really cool storyline. At the end of the story, Superman's like, listen, you want to keep doing what you're doing. I'm going to mess up your world-eating planet machinery, and I'm going to do some horrible things to it, and then you won't be able to consume uh, energy the way you do because he actually needs his machinery to eat it properly. Uh, let's see, Squirrel Girl did it. Now, I know a lot of people lose to Squirrel Girl. It's a running joke in Marvel Comics. But the way Squirrel Girl won was actually a conversation she had with Galactus, just kind of saying, hey, do you really want to fight? Or is there something else you're looking for? Maybe we can work together. And Galactus said, no, you're right, Squirrel Girl. I don't want to fight anymore. Also, Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four did it as well. This is someone who can be reasoned with. Remember, it's a smart person. He's logical, or it's logical, whatever Galactus is. Fighting is not always the best option. But here's some more fun stuff. Galactus has also been defeated by Ghost Rider. And Ghost Rider used what he called his penance stare to make Galactus feel the pain of the billions of lives he's destroyed by eating all these planets. And then Galactus just literally shrinks down and just is is done and is can't fight anymore. Uh, Ray, remind me real quick, who beat Ghost Rider in a Who Would Win battle last year? It could be argued that Santa Claus defeated Ghost Rider in a Who Would Win battle. Oh, interesting. So so Santa Claus beat Ghost Rider, who in turn beat Galactus. Just making that clear. Okay. So on top of all that, Galactus can actually be physically damaged, even though he's like a being of physical energy. And again, the, we've already talked about that. The physical damage, I don't think is actually going to kill him, but it weakens him dramatically, brings his energy level down, makes him have to feed that much quicker. Let's see. And Galactus has been physically damaged by where he said it. The thing from the Fantastic Four, Thor, uh, Kitty Pride from the Avengers, uh, from the X-Men, I should say. She's someone who can turn into a phantom. How she hit him hard enough to him, I'm not really sure. And and also the Avengers, of course. But the types of opponents that Galactus loses to all the time when he faces them are those that are considered reality warpers. And those are beings, by definition, have the ability to reshape matter and energy, turn a person's thoughts or desires into reality, create dimensions, and manipulate or possibly even rewrite the laws of physics. Okay, that kind of sounds exactly like Santa Claus. So here are some reality warpers that have absolutely wrecked Galactus in a fight. There's a character named Krona, and that's a reality warper from DC Comics. It's a Marvel DC crossover. Krona takes on Galactus. Galactus starts threatening Krona. Krona laughs and turns Galactus into a floating castle in space. Sounds pretty cool. There's a character named the Beyonder, who's from Marvel, who is super powerful, very powerful rally warper, literally flicked Galactus away, literally flicked Galactus away when he tried to attack. His power was meaningless. But there's one rally warper in particular who kind of did something really, really cool, and this plays into a factual thing about Santa Claus. There's a character named Franklin Richards. Now, Franklin Richards is the son of Reed Richards and Susan Storm from the Fantastic Four, and he is a mutant, right, with the power to warp reality, create pocket dimensions. Pretty cool. So Galactus has these heralds, like the Silver Surfer and what have you. In one cool storyline, Franklin Richards is fighting these ungodly creatures that are destroying the universe more than the force of nature, stronger than death, whatever you want to call it. So what's he do? He takes control of Galactus, warps reality, takes control of Galactus, and Galactus becomes his herald. Just like Silver Surfer is Galactus herald, Galactus became Franklin Richards' Herald. Now, what does that have to do with Santa Claus? Here's the thing. Remember, Marvel Comics, Professor X used Cerebro to find out that Santa Claus was the most powerful mutant that he's ever seen before. He already knew about uh, Franklin Richards, yet Franklin Richards wasn't the most powerful. It was Santa Claus. Interesting. And Santa Claus also has the ability to create, you know, pocket dimensions, warp reality, and what have you. So in the end... 
as powerful as Galactus is, he's facing off against someone who has factually beaten Ghost Rider and Hoodwind Show, someone who already beat Galactus in a fight, and against someone who is cemented as being more powerful than Franklin Richards. That's Galactus fighting Santa Claus, a reality warper, someone who can create pocket dimensions, do all this crazy stuff, who is registered in Marvel Comics to be more powerful than Franklin Richards, the person who treated Galactus like a puppet. Put all of that together, that's why Santa wins this fight, and that's my point number three. Got a lot to say in a short period of time, James, because first off, the hunger strategy. Most of the events that you said were when Galactus was beaten because he was near death because he was so hungry because he had not consumed a planet in some time. That's really the one time the writers give themselves an out. Remember what I said before, Phoenix fought Galactus when he was near death and was and they hung even at that point. Why? Because Galactus was severely weakened. But last week in the Morbius versus Selene who would win battle, two characters who rely on their life force energy and uh, their hunger, uh, we established as a who would win rule in that battle, they both came in not hungry. And I'm sorry, a fight with just Santa Claus is not going to be enough to take him down the power levels of hunger enough in order for Santa Claus to have a chance. You also talk about talking him out of fighting. You mentioned a lot of crossovers. They all carry a heck of a lot less weight. So all these Superman and DC Comics crossovers don't really mean a whole heck of a lot because those were written to make DC characters look good at the expense of Marvel characters. And they're not really canon, generally speaking. Also, in the other case, when Galactus is beaten by some of these events, you said it's because he had an entire planet of characters fighting him to weaken him to the point where the Ghost Rider thing will work or the Doctor Strange thing will work. But that would never work if he was at full power, which regrettably, this is a one-on-one -on -one battle and he doesn't start hungry. Those are two important factors that mean Santa Claus just cannot measure up. And the last thing you talk about the reality warping, I've seen the sack. I just don't think Santa's going to be able to pull that sack over a planet star-sized star Galactus. I just don't see that possible, but that's all I've got. Got it. Okay, there's a lot here. I hope I provide enough factual information for you in point number three. Ray, you brought up three great points for Galactus. So, look, L, it's time for you to make a decision. You've heard three points from Ray. You've heard three points from me. Take us through your process. Tell a story, if you will, and reveal to us who you think wins this battle between Santa Claus and Galactus. Okay, so as we've established, I'm, I'm big on the, the facts, okay? I've listened to all of them. I'm very impressed with both. I'm impressed with Galactus for, you know, demigod, force of nature, Elvis impersonator. Love that. He, I mean, he he Galactus is for sure a formidable opponent. Formidable. Has a lot of power, has a, a, a backstory, has a history. There was a lot of a lot of like, you know, factual information that showed that Galactus is indeed a powerful being. However, I'm going to give Ray the chance because I do, I, I might have missed this and I want to be fair. Did you rebut that Galactus can be talked out of fighting and will respond to reason? Let me tell you, Galactus can be, talk, can be talked into walking away from your planet, but you kind of got to put a different planet in his sights for him to go to. He's not going to leave a meal on the table unless he knows there's another place to get a meal. So ask the question, the way Santa Claus would have to talk Galactus to walk away is he's got to sacrifice a whole other living planet of children. And I don't <laughs> see Santa Claus making that move. Because James said he can be talked to a fighting and will respond to reason. You did not rebut that. 
That seems- well, he doesn't respond to reason. I mean, he he sees all living creatures as insignificant, and so in order to, in order for you to convince Galactus to even that he should even listen to you, you have to prove yourself as a character of massive significance in the world. Uh, you have to be like a Superman or a Thanos level character for him to even give you a chance. Okay, a, a warlord or somebody who can move planets, you know, with their fists. I'm not convinced. I'm I'm gonna be honest. You know, I was rooting for Galactus. I was, I was what? because because there was some there was a lot of, there was a lot of facts there. But to to really sum up like where my argument would go with this, and maybe it's the magic of Christmas. You know, I don't think so because I'm I'm not the per- a person that's swayed by that nonsense. Yes, I am, but I'm not in this one. Here is my thought. I think that it has it is canon because it's something that i myself have experienced that santa does indeed have a super calming power that is canon because i would say i would argue that most people on the planet have experienced that he does indeed warp reality and can actually wipe people's minds therefore he is likely to be able to convince galactus not to fight and therefore win by the power of persuasion, thus upholding that the power of good will triumph over evil. Who would win in a fight like this is a person who can stop the fight before it even begins. So, L, in this battle between Santa Claus and Galactus, who is the winner? Chris Kringle, Santa Claus himself. This is outrageous. This is what I'm talking about. It is a Christmas miracle on the Who Would Win show. Wait a second. Wait a second. Not only does this mean that Santa Claus is undefeated 100% of the time on the Who Would Win show, if I'm not mistaken, Race to Canis. Let me just do my math real quick. Oh, that's right. The winner of season three. Drum roll, please. James Gabsy wins season three of the Who Would Win show. You're welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, L. This is a magical moment brought by a magical judge who just understands the spirit of Christmas and how Galactus really works. Ray, tell us how you're feeling right now. The first thing I have to know. Oh. I don't stand. No. What do you? Do? I. No. Wow. Get out of here, marching band. Get out of here. I'll that pay was, you for uh... the night. I don't care. Get out. It's inappropriate at this point. Wow. Projecting a little, right? Wow, okay, got it. I had the marching band ready to go for the end of season three. I thought we'd need them last week. I brought them all back again for this week. And now I don't even need them because Santa Claus, for whatever reason, has become my biggest nemesis in life. (laughs) I never could have possibly imagined that my life would end up like this. What does it take to defeat Santa Claus? I don't even know anymore. I do have one point to make, if I may, and I did not take this into consideration. I genuinely went with the facts, but you yourself, Ray, actually admitted to being one of Santa's clones. How's that? Wow. The bike story. It's true. Oh my gosh. I am one of the many of Santa's helpers. Yeah. But regrettably, since this decision happened, L, you're going to have to disappoint a four-year-old child. That bike's (laughs) going away. No presents this year. No presents wow. ever again. Santa, you're not getting my help this year. We'll see exactly how Omega level you really are. 
I don't think Santa's too worried. I think he's okay with everything that happened in today's matchup. Uh, you know, listen, Ray, you brought up some great points. I I don't know what else you could have done for Galactus. I really don't. No. Galactus is just that great. You did everything the way James Gabsy would do, except I would have gotten the win against Santa Claus. That's the only thing I would have done differently. Other than that, identical way of, I would have argued with that race to Canis. Listen, L, you need to come back to the Who Would Win show. Your je ne sais quoi, the magic that is L Newlands has to come back and let the Legion of Audience just, you know, enjoy what you do, your whole process. Everything is fantastic about you. With that being said, tell all of our fans where they can find you online. Well, when I'm not in a black hole as Horizon... Uh, which, by the way, she did survive the black hole. And not only did she survive, but she came out and was actually a, a superhero, has very strong powers. She, uh, me, personally, Elle Nolans, uh, will not be found in a black hole. Uh, I am on Twitter as Elle Nolans. I am on Instagram as Elle Nolans Graham. I, you can buy a cameo from me if you want to see this face and hear this voice. You can get a little Christmas cameo from Elle Newlands. Um, and I'm also currently, at time of press, I have a streamily.com slash Newlands store that is open with Apex Legends merch, which is more for the Apex Legends uh, people, but it's happening right now. How, how did you say merch? Merch. That's the best way I've ever heard that word. I would also that is have, awesome. And I would also have said squirrel. When you said Squirrel Girl, Squirrel. Yeah, Squirrel. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so everyone should buy a cameo for uh, from Elv to buy her merch. I'm trying to say that. I'll, I'll say it. Merchandise. How's it go? Merch. Merchandise. Uh, uh And everyone should follow her on Twitter, Instagram, and everywhere else where you can see Elv. Race to Canis. What a way to close out season three. You had me on the ropes. What a successful year for both of us. It came down to this episode, and you were this close to pulling out the victory. And then last episode, you were this close to pulling it out. And even today, you were this close to pulling it out. So, um, yeah, you, you should have won a couple episodes ago. Ray Sicanus, tell everyone where they can find you online. <sighs> you can find me despondent at a corner of your local dive puberia. <laughs> celebrating the Christmas spirit, wearing a Santa hat and a face full of tears at almightyray.com. And I will be the mattress that you fall upon when you are despondent and drunk <laughs> in said pubbery. And that's when I'll know I have had too much for the mattress is speaking to me in a royal British accent. I won't say it doesn't happen a lot because it happens quite a lot. All right, Ray Sicanus. Again, congratulations on a great season three. Uh, look, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gabsy. I just want to take a second and say thank you to our fan base, the Legion of Audience. Uh, the, the fan base has grown tremendously this past year. We took a lot of big strides. We've got a lot of big things coming the, the next year. Please stay tuned. You know, as much as Ray has his Rainiacs and James Gavsey has his legions of fans, the reality is we love all of you guys, all of the people who, who listen to the show and subscribe. Please stay with us because we're going to bring you some even better stuff for season four. Uh, remember to join the official Hoodwin Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram at Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Race to Canis, the Geek and Game community, and the rest of the amazing Hoodwin team, thank you once again for listening to another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time.
Hi, I'm Erica. And I'm Cassandra. And we're the hosts of Trashy Trashy. We're a podcast filled with trashy news stories and garbage people. Did you leave the scene of an accident to go tanning? Do you refer to wearing the strap down on your Crocs as sports mode? Have you ordered Domino's online before they even open in the morning? Are you switching the same AAA batteries from your TV remote to your vibrator instead of just buying more batteries? Or are you normal? Check us out wherever you download podcasts. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 